this whole job, technically it's really all built on emotion. If we can just get nothing else in the world to exist, for the two of us, I'm pretty sure it'll go well. He said, I'm not scared of you. And I was like. Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. That was my dream match. The lead up to WrestleMania was among the best we've ever done. It's Shawn Michaels assaulting Kurt Angle. Sexy Kurt, I'll make your ankle hurt. Ankle hurt. It's just the best. It's the best. And then when they got in the ring, the match went nearly 30 minutes and completely stole the show. No, no, yeah! oh my God! It was the greatest match I ever had. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the New Blood Rising podcast and our special series called The Perfect Tens. This is a very special episode of this. It's going to take us back to way beyond the origins of the New Blood Rising podcast. I'm William Rinkin, joined by Jason Kiesler. Hey, folks, what's going on? This one's fun. We've been batting around this one for a while, and I'm glad we finally get to do this because I don't know how many of you listened to the Under Duress podcast, which lasted from about fall of 14 until around the spring of 15 when we we brought Charlie in and decided to rebrand as the New Blood Rising podcast. But we covered a lot of very interesting. It was a good it was a good experimental phase for the podcast for me learning how to podcast jason doing podcasts editing all this stuff it was so rough but it was also really fun to explore what's interesting that was one of those episodes probably one of my favorite pods that we've ever done in any through any iteration of us we talked about our favorite wrestlemania builds just the builds themselves even outside of the match what were the best wrestlemania builds there were storylines or whatnot maybe some of them were really quick they were micro builds that happened like from february some that happened you know, where they were a little bit longer term booking. And one that was really special, uh, one that you picked, Jason, that I know was close to you, and it's good that we're going to do it proper here in the Perfect Tens, is Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21. So tell me a little bit about it in regards like to your, uh, before we get into the, I guess, before we get into the backstory of it, just um, some of your initial thoughts about this match and why you picked it. Um. Well, yes, it was hard when we were doing the under the rest stuff for me to show up to your house once a week and talk. And then you do all the editing and stuff. Man, that was hard work on me um, <laughs> on that as we learned and learned and, and you know, eventually got better. Um, so but this match, part of the reason why I picked it is, you know, in ring wise, it's amazing. The story is pretty simple. It's it's not that complicated of a story and when we get to it just the 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 literal impact it had on the wrestlemania party that i was hosting that year and how that match really just it changed a lot so i can't wait to share that part because that's really when it comes down to for me part of what talking about wrestling is all about is connecting and sharing your experiences with people so i hope that someone has had or will get to have an experience like this at some point when we can all be together again. So let's talk about how we get here. And it's very important because WWE just put on their network, the untold, which happens to highlight this match. So that you, there, there's a lot of content now that's out there where you can see 
a lot of what we're going to talk about. But, but Jason, strictly kind of talking like from your perspective, let's talk about that build. First off, were you watching at the time the product heavily, watching it week to week to know the build? Yeah, I mean, like I would have it at the restaurant I was working at. We would take the security camera TV and bring it into the kitchen on Monday nights. Um, and we would have it on and just have it as loud as we could have and still work and watch. And then occasionally I would get a chance to, to see something and, and really watch. And then we, most pay-per-views, there was like one or two of us that would get together and get those. And then SmackDown was a, was a luxury if we, if I could do it. Cause you know, it was, I think Fridays at that time, um, again, way back. And so definitely working in a restaurant, didn't get to see it. But I knew what was going on. I, uh, the rumble where this really started, I was able to watch that rumble live and saw where, where this kicked off. So, I mean, I'm, I didn't get to see the whole thing between the rumble and mania, but I, I definitely caught the highlights and I haven't watched the untold because I didn't want it to bleed in and interfere with my memories of it until I've got this recorded, you know? Right. And the the uh, the rumbles. What I love about the Royal Rumble is it's one of the best places you can start a WrestleMania build. It's so easy to do it because the stakes are so high, especially when you're talking about from your upper mid card up into your main event group of wrestlers. Because that, with the stakes being that high, a trip to WrestleMania on the line. If if something happens like what happens here, which is the the Hogan Sid move where. Angle gets eliminated pretty quickly, isn't it? Isn't it like like within a matter of minutes he's eliminated by by Sean? It, it's not long. He comes in with like a hot tag and just starts cleaning house with folks. And then Sean just, boom, like goes for a super kick. Angle catches it, tries to lock it. Sean gets out, boom, kicks him right over the top. It's, right. it's yeah. very fast. And then Angle jumps back in, he pulls him out, and then we're underway. And then it's some pretty fun stuff. Like, you know, you have, you, you know, you've got uh, Angle brings back the, the his challenge. And he, you, they, they lead you on the path that Shawn Michaels is going to come out. Instead, it's some just, it's just a guy who comes out, just some dude who's going to answer it's the challenge. Yeah. Michael every yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, the camera guy starts to slowly take off the disguise, the Gordon Ramsay disguise, I call it now, because that seems like what he does on his new his to hell and back show all the time. He takes off the cameraman gear and it's Shawn Michaels and they start the fight. And then it just what's awesome is like as good as that is, like every week, it seemed like it got better. And again, I'm not speaking from watching it at the time, but just kind of following it in retrospect now. I mean, bringing in Marty Jannetty. Awesome. What an awesome thing that they did by bringing him back. Do you remember that part? A little bit. Like, thinking about them bringing back Marty Jannetty, as that was something, it, it's kind of funny, because after after Sean got retired by Taker, Sean would be the guy that would show up everyone's WrestleMania feud with The Undertaker and go, no, no, no. But for a while, these high-profile Shawn Michaels feuds, Marty Jannetty would get pulled out of the mothball closet, like with Vince, yeah, that's the one. Like, I was trying to. While you were saying that, I was like, "What's the other one?" I was like, "Oh yeah, the Vince one. That feud because I feel like that feud lasted forever. I feel yeah. like that feud lasted so long that it was inevitable to do it. But then, of course, the the highlight of it is is sexy Kurt. Like that's 
100%. You got Sherry. You get Sexy Kurt. You get the turn on Sherry. And the thing is, like, looking at it from, from a point of view, and this is from a character stance, is Kurt Angle could be such a fucking goofball who could do Sexy Kurt. And from his established character, even going back to pre-Milk Truck um, and stuff, where he's just, you know, the the abstinent speech, where he's, like, trying to legitimately, like, promote be abstinent college students, don't you, you know, all this. And he's a heel, but he's being dumb as shit, and it's still vicious. And then for him to be the wrestler that he was, that he could just flip a switch, and you're in there with a fucking monster. Uh, and I just loved it uh, as far as as that because the i think i'm cute I, with no rhythm like on purpose no rhythm was and sherry just being sherry god bless her just being there and then boom <laughs> but i did not see it coming when he put her in the ankle like i was you know wrestling it's when you watch a lot you're sometimes rarely surprised and i just my mouth was on the floor i'm like holy shit so i um um one of the things I think is interesting is Kurt Angle pat, like post WrestleMania 17. Once we get past the peak of the Attitude Era, what happens with Angle? And what's really interesting is it it's not talked about a lot. Like it's talked about like with Undertaker and the run that he has, really starting with you could honestly say I think we talked about in season four. It kind of starts with the Edge match and it really carries all the way through the Punk match are just really great matches. Obviously, the one with Sean at 25 is probably the apex of it, but he maintains a run of excellent, outstanding, classic, you know, whatever superlative you want to put on it, match at WrestleMania. Kurt has legitimately three classics in a row from 19, 20, and then this one, which is really, really cool. Except the thing that's interesting is it seems like it, it, he gets overshadowed by other things from those matches. Like WrestleMania 19, and you can see this on the network when they do that Ruthless Aggression doc. The thing they don't talk about is he has an, like, a terribly broken neck, like an awful neck going into that match. The fact that he's even doing that match is, un, is, is just uncanny. And the fact that he puts on such a good match, that's all thrown out the window once that shooting star happens. And then that's all that match becomes known for. And then sadly, like the Eddie match becomes known as like this classic in this in this way that it's Eddie Guerrero's match, you know, and less Kurt Angles. And that's why. And you go back, like, look at WrestleMania 18. That match is a forgettable one with Kane. Even remember when we talked about the Benoit match at 17? Not great. They would do the next one probably a little better when they would do, I think, their either their Iron Man or their two out of three. I forget which one came after. But you know what I'm talking about, man? We're like, Kurt, it seems like in a lot of ways, Kurt came in with that chip on his shoulder and it was for real because it's like, look, I am the, I am the freaking best here and I'm going to prove it against the guy you guys consider is the best. Yeah, there's. I wanted to definitely dive into that. But to piggyback off of what you mentioned first, even with this WrestleMania, as great as this match is, and it, I mean, it is wrestling wise, the, I mean, more than just, it's the best, best one on the card, but this is also the coronation of Batista and John Cena on the same night and the first money in the bank. So there's a lot that, that, you know, as far as, uh, I guess landmarks, this is just another match, no matter how good it is. 
And it story-wise, it makes perfect sense because during the video package and it, with this whole buildup, Kurt Angle is an Olympic gold medalist. He is then, you know, NCAA wrestling champion, European champion, tag team champion, multi-time world heavyweight champion at this point, king of the ring. And there's a lot of accolades. And the one accolade he doesn't have in the wrestling world is Royal Rumble winner. And Sean taking that from him, with Sean, all of his accolades being purely right, like WWE related, multi-time world champion, European champion. They that they're saying he's the first ever, like back in that day, Grand Slam champion. And so here's all this stuff, and he took the one thing away from Kurt that Kurt doesn't have yet, and really the only thing he would really have left to really go for, and that put a like that. Here's your fake stuff. Here's my fake stuff. And then here's all my real stuff. I'm a better person than you. Even to bring up when I won my gold medal in the Olympics, all anyone talked about was you coming out of after. That I love. Yeah, that's good stuff. That really is. Because that's what, and I think that's like what is really interesting about this. Like is, is it feels personal, even though it shouldn't, it's like, it's not like, it's not like Kurt Angle had a vendetta against Shawn Michaels. It seems like Shawn Michaels is almost like an avatar for pro wrestling. Like Kurt Angle is wrestling against the entire organization of professional wrestling to prove that he, he belongs in that tier, that tier of, of guys that are known as the best. And that's the, and I, and I feel like that's kind of the thing that happens over the next like year or so where this is what's going to drive him to TNA because it's like, look, you're not going to, you're because I, I, I went through and I just look and it was like, you know, like he, he kind of has this run where like, he's always in the mix, but he's never rarely put in the position where he's the guy or close to being the guy. You know what I mean? Right. Cause it's even what by next year, he's the run the beginning. He's on ECW wrestling and- machine, Kurt Angle. That's what I was going to say, the wrestling machine. That was interesting, and it's too bad we never got to see that fully realized in a full run because he leaves for, for TNA, I think, right? I think somewhere in the mix of that is it when he shortly leaves. shortly after because that was when the – I think the, from his 20 – like documentary and everything, that's when the, the pill stuff really kicked in and other stuff too, the divorces and I think all that. So it's, I think that's interesting. And I mean, Sean and, and Sean at this point, like, I mean, like the thing I always feel bad about Sean at this point, and, and I, and maybe I feel bad is not the right word, but he's kind of been stuck like in a two year long feud with triple H. It feels like that just never seemed to, <laughs> it, it never seemed to get really interesting. Cause it always felt like they would wrestle for 45 minutes and Sean would lose like that. I feel like that happened so many times and it probably didn't, but that's how it felt by the end of it. You know what I mean? It's like these two can't, in a way, can't get away from one another, either in the fighting each other or fighting with each other. It's true. And yeah. Huh. It, when it's those two against each other, it's even less interesting when it's DX rehash 13, it seems to be. Because it is, like you said, it's very long, very drawn out, this kind of weird... Uh, well, they used to be best friends. Like, I mean, like the fifth time I beat your ass after we've been best friends, it's not personal anymore. Right. I'm doing it. <laughs> and so that's when it's kind of out. And this, 
I think this was definitely something that Sean needed to kind of kick him back and get him away, kind of disassociate him from Triple H a little bit. I agree. I mean, like he had the Jericho match at 19. Obviously, that's one that's kind of in the um, like that that comes in, in the midst of that that feud. It's just it. What's, what's really cool is this feels like in a way this kind of weird precursor for Sean at WrestleMania 25, where it's like, OK, we're going to be kind of parked in the middle of, of, like you said, all these big events that are happening at this WrestleMania. It's a really a landmark WrestleMania in a lot of ways, even though it's not I don't know how well it's remembered overall in the in the canon of post WrestleMania 17 manias. It's probably got a pretty good overall rating for most people. It does seem to kind of get forgotten with the exception of like the uh, the, the Hollywood parodies that they did. Those are those fantastic but there's so much going on on this night that it is so easy. It, it was so easy to kind of just tuck this match away and be like, oh, this will be a nice 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And of course, it goes way, excuse me, it goes way beyond that. So, Jay, tell me, look, now you've kind of gone into it a little bit, like on the personal side, like, like what's your personal connection to this match and why is it so special to you and how is it? How, how has it changed over the years since since you saw it live and stuff? Well, looking back at it, the, one of the main reasons that this match is, is so personal and uh, just invaluable is a good way to put it to me, is, you know, for years I would just have, I've mentioned before when I was younger, we had WrestleMania parties and stuff. And this one was the, the first one that I got to have as an adult that where I wasn't like struggling, struggling, struggling. I had an apartment, um, invited a bunch of my core group of friends that I hung out with, a few of us that watched wrestling, and then a lot of coworkers too. So there's, you know, 12 plus people in my apartment. And, you know, most, most of us are just looking at it as an excuse to get together and drink. Uh, and my friends that were into wrestling were there, you know, kind of like, oh, these people are fucking pissing me off. I'm trying to watch this money in the bank match. And there's these girls over here giggling about shit. And I'm like, just watch it kind of thing. Um, and then the match go, the night goes on and I'm just drinking. I'm getting more into watching the show and talking and the party kind of disassociates with the people that are there drinking, the people they're partying, the people that are there to watch wrestling. This match starts to come on and my friend Dustin comes over who was over in the drinking group and he was just like, man, I can't wait for this. And it was just out of the blue. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, man, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle. You got a motherfucker that can wrestle his ass off against a motherfucker that can sell his ass off. I'm all in. Sits down, starts to watch it. Um, the buildup comes up. A couple of people start watching it and laughing the, and, and just checking out what's going on. Then the match itself starts. I'm not going to break down this, but just, you know, it's if you're not into wrestling, the first little bit of this match could be super boring. But there is a point in the match where my best friend who was there, he wasn't wrestling. He was just there hanging out. He just went, man, that's not fair. That bald head guy keeps grabbing that long haired guy's hair and that bald haired guy doesn't have hair to pull. That's not fair. Go long haired guy. Everyone starts laughing, but everyone's attention turns and everyone stops chatting and, and BSing and everyone is watching this match and people start splitting and people like I were legitimately just because of that. And everyone was like, there was a, a 
the bald head guy camped and the long haired guy camped. And people were legitimately into it. And it was so cool to be sitting there watching it and then being part of that with not like people that just didn't watch wrestling really whatsoever and thought it was stupid. And then to be into it, even for just 20 to 30 minutes and the match being as good as it was and the reaction of the people, like my friends booing and cheering and whatever, like that was, it was just stupendous. And it was really cool to, to share that moment. Jason, I've seen, I think three WrestleManias with you at the bar. I think 28, 29, 30. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I believe so. And I I had said this, I I can't remember what episode recently I said it on, but I made the argument that I feel like almost I enjoy watching wrestling at a bar with a crowd there than being at the actual event because there's just something special about that group of people that are there that aren't necessarily like the group you're with. They may not be super fans of the product. They may just be casual fans, but because the wrestling is so entertaining, whether it's the, the working in the ring, or if it's just the sort of the Gaga stuff, the, the, you know, the the stuff where they're kind of working the crowd and the entertainment value of it, like it can really make, uh, it can really make the room a lot of fun. And it, I don't know. That's something I was just thinking about with that. And um, that was why I always, I, I, I loved, I, I don't like WrestleMania 29 at all. Like we even, we never even got to see the punk taker match at that. Cause of the, because nope, of the, even the feed left, it was like, <laughs> or out. But I remember 28 and 30 were really fun, especially like the aftermath of the taker loss at 30, just how, how it really shook the room in a way that was like, man, like, even Amanda was like, she almost was like ready to go. And I was like, no, there's more. It's going to be good. Daniel Bryan, he'll win. He probably yeah, don't will. Worry. Don't <laughs> worry. It'll be okay. Yeah. And, maybe, it, and, mem- and remember, I was like, hey, you and I were both like, well, maybe CM Punk will come out. And then it was like, Daniel Bryan won. Well, maybe he'll come out after his music's over. Oh, there's the credits on the screen. Well, maybe he'll come out on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. He's not going to ruin Daniel Bryan's moment. <laughs> but I. <laughs> The only re- and the only reason I brought that up is just like that's how much fun like that's what is so much fun about revisiting matches like this is like especially if you saw it like with a group of people like sometimes the match it's the match itself is fine on its own but it's so much better because of how a group of people react to it right so like I cannot imagine and and especially in light of this year's mania I mean we've been talking I've been wanting to do this particular perfect ten anyway but. This year's mania in this situation really made this one resonate because, you know, we were alone. You and I, like, we were texting, and then you're like, I had to pause it. <laughs> and so I couldn't text you right. and keep – it was it. And I was just, like, thinking, like, I cannot imagine if we – you and me and Charlie or any combination of us were together during that bone run back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Reaction, like – like in the moment reactions, not not having to hold and wait to text you and to tweet and and any of this. It was it just just could have been. And and this coming through, and I just want to do a quick tangent. And this is this would be a fun one because next year's WrestleMania is another Hollywood WrestleMania. So that's right. That's right. I'm looking forward to more of the movie parodies. And here's the one thing I got, and I know it'll never happen. And Right now, I am considered essential at work, 
even though I've got diabetes and they're making me go in. So if I die, please send this to the following people for this, this thing. I want to see a, an Avengers parody bit with the on the left scene. And I hope over the next year, Seth Rollins' little Monday Night Messiah thing amasses a huge group of, of bad guys. So and let Seth be the Thanos in this thing. Let Daniel Bryan be the Captain America figure for the, the on your left. And all I want to hear is you, you show it. There's Seth and AOP and all these other people. There's Daniel Bryan by himself. And you hear the on your left cult of personality plays. Punk just walks out. He ain't got to be there for the show. I don't know. He's never going to step foot in a ring. That would just be fucking awesome. And just have all these other people come behind Daniel Bryan in a moment. And just that. Because, I mean, just the craziness of that. Have fucking fun with it. That's cool, man. That's a cool bit. That's really good. I That would be fun to see. Yeah, You got me sold. When you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that would be fun to do. I hope they would try I hope they do those bits somehow, some way. I hope they do those parodies again because those were great, especially Taker's Dirty Harry. My God. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was so cool. And Uh, it goes with what I mentioned earlier about Kurt being a goofball. You've got Kurt Angle and Christy Hemme doing When Harry Met Sally, and it works. (laughs) I love – well, first I'm going to put on my gold medals. Oh. (laughs) Then I'll – get to the ring oh and then i'll do my patented spinning whoop like that shit is amazing <laughs> yeah uh, it's now lost the time because of who's involved in it but the basic instinct one is also a, a fantastic one just to <laughs> see just how christian and benoit and all those guys are reacting <laughs> stacy yeah. keebler yeah oh, they're all waiting God. everyone's waiting and the, the chain like the the you know what was that play you were in a few good men. Yeah. JBL is fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, like, I, I saw that one recently. Um, and ironically enough, the the it was on, the actual movie was on the other day. And Jack Nicholson's face looked weird. It looked like they CGI removed his mustache. Like, they did super. And I was watching. I was like, man, this is weird. But JBL is really fucking good. As much shit, and, and deservedly so. But he, in that that few good men one, he is great. And the last one I'll say is Flair on the Donkey in the Braveheart scene is great. Just Flair on the Donkey. Isn't that it? That's what he's pulling. He's pulling the donkey. That's what it is. Now, camp, I'm sorry. And trip, for, for Triple H to be the big, bad, bad guy, to do that, to, to just make fun of himself in that bit was really good. So I do hope they do more of those and that they're they're that level of, of awesome. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. So let's do this. Um, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from anchor and then let's come back and do the match itself. Hey, this is the franchise Shane Douglas and you're listening to the new world rising. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys, we're back. So let's get into this. So the setting for this, we are at, this is uh, this is at Staples. That's where they're going to be doing um, at WrestleMania, right? The next no, year. They're doing, they're doing it at a stadium. They are doing the stadium. Okay, I didn't. I did not. Okay. I, okay. I know it's going to be another daytime mania. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Thinking about the, the 31 meaning. Okay, I got you. So um, let's set the stage forward here. Like, I forgot also, like, how cool, like, really cool looking set. I love the set with the marquee for each of the, the wrestlers, make it look like the movies as well. It's really cool. Um, what was interesting when Kurt comes out real quick, I, it, it's interesting he comes out with the straps down, and then it's like he goes into business mode, the straps go up. But then they come right back down. I just thought that was funny because I'm always used to angle coming out with the straps up. And then like when it's go time, they come down. Yeah. So, that, but, that's how you know he means business. Right. So, so I guess he came into the match meaning business. So in classic New Blood style, in typical New Blood rising fashion, walk us through the match, Jason. Well, when Shawn Michaels comes out in his attire, we'll <laughs> just say, the first thing that came to my head was like on the recent uh, Tonkis Jericho podcast, Brody Lee was saying that Vince wanted the Bludgeon Brothers to look like Demolition. And in my head, I was like, man, they could have just borrowed some of Sean's WrestleMania gear and could have pulled it off. As tall as those guys are, it would look like tight, right. you know, bend dumb yeah. stuff. And it just his, I mean, I get it. Shawn Michaels' attire is always over the top. It just always cracks me up um, on here. And let's go, we'll treat it real quick like a normal new blood. Kurt Angle isn't even in the ring yet, and Jim Ross is talking about his collegiate accolades. Unfortunately, <laughs> there was no update on a GPA, so I'm pretty upset with that. Um, but the it, they get in the when it the bell finally rings and the the stare down and Sean gets in like the fighting pose and then just stops and slaps Kurt in the face. And for a moment, I'm going, well, okay, who's the heel and who's the face here? Because going back to, and, and this is good, it's not a complaint of the match. Going back to the, 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 essentially the driving force behind the match is Kurt's wanting to prove himself that he belongs here. And here's this guy going, no, nah, you don't. And the first thing, here's the Shawn Michaels, the good guy, quote, quote, does is slap him in the face. So, and I thought that was kind of neat. And then they go for this, you know, several minutes of Matt wrestling, which, I think what what was it? Which one was it? The uh, it was a few matches. I mean, we did it in I think season two, where Kurt's wrestling someone, and they go. The whole point is they're supposed to be Matt wrestling, and not supposed to do it. And Kurt's the first one to break and throw a punch. Okay, so I know of this type of match. I have not seen a Kurt one. I have seen Benoit versus Austin, where it was supposed to be that, and it was supposed to make Austin on the defensive because he can't Matt wrestle at all anymore because of his neck and all that. And he does a pretty good job of mat wrestling, and it's Benoit who breaks it up. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just from a different match. Okay, yeah, it's. I mean, it's good. This is the part of the match where if if you don't know, it's boring. If you don't know what's going on, you're like, who's this guy? This is a, a guy who won a gold medal, rolling around, and and that little first little bit where he just rolls Sean around and Sean scurries to get away, is really good. And then somehow, for some reason, Shawn Michaels gets a headlock in for like three minutes. And doesn't let go. And I like the Kurt body slam, like that reaches up to do a, just do a little body slam and Sean doesn't let go. Kurt's rolling out. Sean doesn't let go. It's, it's, it's really good. And that Jim Ross and uh, Lawler are making a point of, wow, look at Sean keeping up with Kurt and a Matt wrestling. These are the, they were mean. I figured he's going to do the catches catch can, which I've always thought Jim Ross referred to that as the traditional wrestling style, but I guess not this time or the high-flying or the brawling, and it still goes on for a few minutes with 
with that. What did you think of, of that part of the match? It's very frustrating. It's, but like in a good way, like it's frustrating because you're like, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And the thing is like, it's not like like to, to draw a parallel here. It's not like Lesnar and, and Goldberg from the year before that were like, they just lock up and they just dance around the ring in a lockup seemingly for 10 minutes which just becomes interminable for the crowd. Now, of course, on top of that is everyone knew they were leaving, so they just got all kinds of heat from the crowd. The thing about Angle and Michaels is like, it just, it's frustrating, but it's also building anticipation because you know that at some point somebody's going to slip on the banana peel and that's going to open up the opportunity for the other guy to go in there and really expose him. So in a way, like it's, even though it is frustrating and man, it can, especially watching it at night, like, it tired me out real quick, but at the same time, like it, you really wake the hell up once this thing turns. And it's not in a lot of ways. It's not that different from how Taker and Sean start off at 25. They start off and have like kind of a very short kind of back and forth technical match, kind of a, a cat and mouse type of match. Not maybe as technical, but it has that slower start. And I think that's something Michaels did really well was how to be able to use real simple, simple things like this. To his advantage to really build again build that anticipation because then it's in the next part you're going to get into is when it really starts to turn and this match really takes off yeah it's a to go with the theme of this wrestlemania this one is a very cinematic match and it built you've got that kind of just opening mm, okay here we go here we go and and you know instead of jumping right into a movie and and it's giving you really what you want then what what's the point of watching the whole thing um with this where it builds up that want and want so when it finally because i can't what was it that i can't remember the first thing when the crowd like i mean they were already applauding they the people that were there were into what was happening because they you know they know what's going on but then that finally just that that first moment with everyone just yeah everyone is super fucking into this before they they get outside to the the floor and it because it, it comes up and it brings a moment where they Kurt does the angle slam to the ring post, which looks at the initially looks fucking brutal. And unfortunately one of the replays completely ruins it because you see the back never touch the ring post. It's like his I, leg catches yeah. it to make the sound and such a disappointment. Especially later on when they replay the, with Sean's back hurting, they replay that moment, and that's the angle they replay. Yeah, that's that was it's it's a poor choice, but it's but that what's it's a fun little nugget for people that are like like if for you you're when you're watching in that room, you react to that because you're like, oh crap, Sean's back. Yeah. Like that's a that's a that's a weakness of his, and now Kurt Angle, the wrestling machine that he is, is going to expose it. Yeah, because we had already had the, the hair had already been pulled three times. So folks were already getting into it. And when the first that was the, the first shot when or when it happened with the back to the ring post, like people mean, you know, oh, my God. And they did they say he had a bad back and that guy just, oh, no, <laughs> then the <laughs> then the clip. And it's like it, for us, that's part of why it's just that they're not like looking for it. Not uh, I'm looking for the. You know, I'm looking for the wires kind of thing, like just that that instant, oh, just for a second. And then but then they get back in because they, you know, Kurt gets Sean back in, gets on top of him. And what's funny is he he pulls his hair to get his head up so he can get that under that 
under the chin lock on there and starts to go back more to the mat, but it's more vicious. It seems to be like there's a lot more because you can start, you can see Kurt's face and and, and the intensity and you see Sean's face and pain and not just a headlock with someone trying to get out. And, and so like we're, it's there, there's that next gear already physically and emotionally on. And it is a, just from there, it starts to, to kind of kick up because uh, you, you start getting a little more slamming, a lot more striking. You start getting more the tease of the table spot, which doesn't happen right. uh, for a little bit. And then you also get the tease of the German suplex. <laughs> and as Jim Ross puts it, oh, no, if he puts a jerk, if he gets the German suplex, Sean's back will go right on the edge of this table. <laughs> and he's bringing up that... It, and looking at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that that seems really close. Uh, and then you get the, which part of me thinks it's more impressive than a, an elbow drop from standing on the top of the of the post, jumping from there to the table, that second rope moonsault that Sean nails with Kurt all the way on an announce table. And the table doesn't break. And Jerry Lawler lets us know that they're steel reinforced now because so many people go through. <laughs> Which is, I guess, the one night only thing. And then they stop steel reinforcing. Who knows? So uh, that, that stuff they do on the outside is so good. And it's like you said, what really makes this, this next section of the match is the look on Angle's face. And this and the look the looks on their faces, just how they're really opposite. Like Michaels is in pain, he's selling it, and Angle has that look of the kill in his eyes. Like he's gonna go for it and he's gonna take this guy out. And that's what's become that's what really starts to propel this thing going forward into um you know, that that final that that act three of the match where it's just like, okay, Angle's gonna finish this guy off. And what makes Sean so special in these matches. And it really, it's taken a while for me to really see it, but it's, it's when the other guy thinks that he's got him. That's what really makes those Sean, Mike, those Sean Michaels matches really special because he really does make you believe it's like, oh man, Sean's done. And the way he could time those two and a half counts to really, really, really sell you, whether you're in the live crowd or watching on TV, that it was going to happen. It's just good stuff. And that's what, again, like, the way the way Sean can sell, and I'm not talking about the Ho- the Hogan match is obviously an outlier here. We know what he was trying to do in that match, the way he was selling in that. But what's so cool is the way he is selling in this really just helps helps really shine up Kurt Angle being just this dominant, just not just wrestling machine, but just just a, a, just a brawler, a fighter. You know? Yeah the the Shawn Michaels hip up. Here's my comeback bits that he'll do. Normally, like when you see it, there's there uh, there's this this sense of here's the the slyness of Shawn Michaels that I know what I can take and I'm gonna drink I'm gonna get you to give me all that you've got so that and I know I can take it so that I can get back up and and you're you know I'm gonna beat you after I've made you exhaust everything with a kip up. He d- didn't have like the norm like he, yeah he was doing the pump up. But it didn't have like the corn, the smirk, like, haha, I got you. It's like, it's like, all right, I've I've got to do this, or this guy is going to get me yeah. kind of thing. And it 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 had this whole different thing. And because Kurt in kill mode is is just 
it's the third eye it's or whatever eye. number two intensity i don't remember it's there <laughs> and it a it's just it's fucking just to just the best way to put it because i love this match I'm, uh, there's not another way to put it with just aside from everything this match to me is just one of the best but because it's also in wrestling when you're a wrestling fan you're you in your head can call spot because you can see something coming a mile away and sometimes it's super frustrating because you're like oh well there it is i told you and sometimes it's what you want and when sean gets up tunes up that band goes for sweet chin music and kurt angle just catches that kick like just like I'm, i sent you the picture of kurt angle with the blood on his mouth and the picture of of Jack Burton with Gracie Law's lipstick all over him. With the, it's all in the reflexes because that's yeah. what they're. He just catches Shawn Michaels' kick and instantly goes in for the ankle. Like in your head, you're like, "Oh, I want, I want, I want it." Even though you got a little tease of it at the Rumble, here it is, and you know it's coming a mile away when Shawn starts to bend. But it just, it's what you wanted, and it's perfect. And it just immediately goes in. And it's a decently long ankle lock. Um, yeah. on and it, that's what translate I think this brings to the to me maybe the third act of the matches after the first or the initial catch of the ankle lock because Sean goes for it again and Kurt grabs it and pulls it in for an ankle slam yeah you have him he does, and then I, I, he pulls off and he I the, my favorite Kurt Angle move is always the he just magically is on like you're on the top rope about to do your thing and he just like oh, yeah. teleports to the top rope and throws yep. you and and of course, what makes that special is it's an angle slam off the top rope, which you're like, this has got to be it, and it's not. And you're just like, oh my god, what's it, what's it gonna take? Because you've seen the ankle lock a couple times already, and so like you're in your wrestling mind, you're like, okay, all right, what what else can you, what else can Kurt Angle do? What other signature thing can he do to win this match? Because they've done this, they've done that, it didn't work. What's it gonna be? Well, so. I'll tell you what it's going to be. He's already <laughs> taken the straps off once, so he's got to put the straps back on to immediately <laughs> take them back off. Makes me laugh so he much. Double bit <laughs> and goes up for a moon. The, the the okay, you were going. You're Shawn Michaels. You're the high flyer. Oh yeah, I'm going to do it too. And Kurt Angle's moonsaults always look great. You know, it's a face plant. Um, I even had to rewind it because it's like, did he land on Sean um, when Sean was rolling out of the way and and with this coming through? So, I mean, we've had Sean go for the sweet chin music twice. We've had Sean go for the elbow drop, miss, come back up to ready to do it. Nope. Um, and then Kurt come up. You know, like there's you don't stagger on the top rope against Kurt Angle, just like you don't put Biker Taker in a 10 count or a 10 punch. Because you're just setting yourself up for failure. Um, but, you know, after that, Kurt staggers and Sean gets gets up and gets close. And he, the the short distance sweet chin music is like my favorite version because it's it's it looks so much more like a finishing move because it's not just a really extended kick to the face. It's a, a kick up. It's like an uppercut with a foot. Yeah. And it's a those good call out. Yeah. They look amazing. And also the way is instead, you know, there's it's just Kurt just sinks after that happens. And Sean does, too, because Sean's just out of it. It's like it was like, a, you know, the you hear the desperation move, but it's legitimately there. And they're like, oh, Sean's got to do is put an arm on it, but he can't. He comes over and Sean's selling the whole I'm out of this shit. 
while Kurt's unconscious and it is it it's there and you get the the two and they're like that's a long two count I don't it but look just like a normal one right to me but and I guess it was the as close as it got like the fans thought they heard something so everybody thought it was over but it wasn't and Sean staggers and he gets back up like he's like I'm gonna kick him again and Lawler said it best it's like a horror movie Kurt Angle just gets up and latches on and it's what this is like it seems like forever it's like maybe like a minute minute and a half long ankle lock yeah yeah it's 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 a while because like and i'm trying to think of all the stages of it like there's the he's gonna get to the ropes he pulls them back i think they do that a couple times um is there anything i'm trying to think what else he does before he vines them before he finally the the sean crawling everywhere and the and then it gets to where the Sean's thralling around and he's going for the kicks and he's kicking Kurt and Kurt falls, but Kurt never lets go. And it calls back to the beginning of the match where Sean was not letting go of the headlock. You nailed it. That's exactly what I was gonna say. That's what's really, really special about this in terms of storytelling is the bookend. Yes, I completely agree. It's like, okay, yeah, I let you I let you keep me in a headlock. I, you know, oh, okay, oh, Sean, you want to prove that you're a Matt wrestler? Sure. I'm going to show you what a grip is like. And the, and just go over the, with this, and so there's like two kicks. Because, you know, whoever does ankle locks now, they get on there, someone kicks them right off. Woo-hoo. Like, no, this is vicious. And then Sean starts screaming again, and it's, Kurt's got their, Kurt's grip and holding on, and Sean's moving the way he's moving and getting to each rope. And right before he gets there, Kurt just pulls him back and pulls him back. And there's that one where Sean, it, they're going away from the hard cam. And it, Sean's arm is there, but you can barely see. And it looks like Sean is literally just planking himself, holding, like the only thing holding Sean off the ground is Kurt, making it look like this is just, this ankle lock is there. And then Kurt gets tired of Sean getting to the ropes and just drops and vines him. And holds on, and still you've got another thirty seconds of Sean trying to get out. And it, it, I love the camera never goes to Kurt. You don't see him; it's constantly Sean. Sean's sitting there going, and that one part where he almost taps out and stops. Yeah. And go and the Brian Hebner there, just like gaga, and Sean just didn't finally happen. And it's not even like this it because I'm not a big fan of the well. This wrestler has a submission, so the second so he puts someone into it, they're going to tap out. Right. This is this is WrestleMania and this is Shawn Michaels. You know, it's like it's almost the same thing. He gets extra power on WrestleMania, even though he kind of loses a lot. But still, um, yeah, yeah, it is it is just fucking great. And the fact that Kurt's not an up immediately, the celebration is he's still on the on his back, and then he finally gets up and you see him like look and the, like people are clapping and applauding, yeah. and Kurt going, "I'm the man." You see him on there. I'm the fucking man. Yeah. It also should be said that there, even when he comes out in the beginning of that match, there are people that are really on his side. There is a large group of fans that are cheering, cheering for Kurt Angle. So it's no surprise by the end of it, like that you've got an even bigger amount of people that are that are uh, they're applauding the match, but they're also cheering him when. Because am I right? Is there a tap out for Sean before this at Mania? Uh, I don't think so. Because he doesn't tap to Benoit. It's Triple H who taps out to yeah. Benoit. Yeah, because that makes it 
more meaningful because Triple H is really the big bad guy. Shawn Michaels is just there. Yeah, that was just dumb. He didn't belong in there. But anyway, that's beside the point. But he and he's not. He's at, he doesn't he wins at 19. He's not an 18. He's not at X7. He's not at 2000. He's not at 15. He loses by pinfall at 14. He's not at 13. He wins 12. I think he wins 11 or I can't rem- I can't remember the diesel match, but there's no submission involved is the is the bigger point. So I don't think he had he had tapped which is significant. That's what makes this a great win for Kurt. It's just really like Arguably, like his first really great WrestleMania win, you know? Yeah, it it's going back to what we were talking about the uh, when I was the Sean's like I'm going to let you know you're you're going to give me your best and I'm going to get up, and then going back to where Sean didn't have that look of of just oh I've got this on his face. He's like oh, I better I better move on and to get the to get Mister WrestleMania to tap out at WrestleMania. Instead of a pat, I'm glad it wasn't a pass out. I mean, I know now it wasn't as passe then as it is now, but a pass out would have been like, oh, well, ha, you didn't beat Sean. He, he didn't give up. He just passed out. He took it. This is, he tapped. He, he gave up. And it, oof, it's so good. Yeah, that's, you make a great point there because I think if you do that nowadays, you probably get that. If, and I, and it, there, there's a good chance they did not think about, this feud going on beyond this. This match obviously makes that happen because I think if, if I read my history right, Angle, who's they're both on that, they're on separate brands. This is an interbrand or promote interpromotional match, whatever you want to call it. I think mm-hmm. Angle comes to Raw later in a, in a couple months once they do the the next draft or whenever they do the draft, he comes over and they pick it back up. And I and I was talking with Charlie and he was like, man, I I had forgotten about some of their other matches that are just as good in some ways. Do you remember the other matches that they had? Yeah. Well, that's part of what the, the Kurt Angle's draft to this is part of, you know, when we were talking about the legacy. Yeah. The, cause they did an Iron Man match, I believe, because I think the next, I can't remember if that was the next one. I know they get one and one, they get even. And cause Sean, you know, he's, he's a little more hesitant with the sweet 10 music and does it again where it's more of the close range because out of, you know, so Kurt doesn't see his hips move. So Kurt can't be ready to catch him. And I do like that because it's like, okay, Sean learned. <laughs> I tried to kick him with full sweet chin music twice and he saw it coming. So I'm going to change up my style, which, which is really good. But the, if, if we're going into post-match and the legacy of this match, the night that Kurt is drafted to Raw, I'm, I'm at Sticky Fingers, and we're done, and I'm sitting at the – everything's closing. I'm just sitting at the bar having a drink, and the girl bartending is one of the girls that were at the party, and we're just sitting there watching, and she's like, all right, I wish this shit would hurry up <laughs> so <laughs> y'all will go home. I mean, because the restaurant's closed. I'm like, you can leave. I have a key and a coach. She goes, oh, yeah, and so she's just cleaning stuff up. And there come there's the segment in the ring that was because that was the year where the draft was done over weeks and the draft were announced like on the various talk shows each week because that was like the week before is when Cena got drafted on a uh, highlight reel with Jericho and it started the Cena Jericho feud. But Kurt comes out and Kurt's out there and for some reason Shawn Michaels is out there. 
do and I don't remember. And Kurt's like, you know, they're saying something. And she turns around. She goes, that's the bald haired guy and the long haired guy. Are they going to fight again? I said, yeah. And she goes, tonight? And I go, no. She goes, when? Like, she, like someone who wasn't into wrestling was just like, when? And I was like, probably at the next pay-per-view. She goes, okay, what day is that? Are you going to buy it? I was like, sure. And that's like, for, for that, for that's what, someone to be into, it's like, wow. It's like, so, like you know, a sequel to a movie that you really like. You're like, oh, look, I want to go see that. When's it come out? Right. To someone yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's in, like, to that forever. Like, as far as the other stuff, like those two, how, I, I don't remember how many more times they wrestled. I don't think it was really that many. No, but they, it's definitely, yeah, it's, there is a 30 minute Iron Man match. There's definitely one of those. And, um, gosh, I'm, I'm missing on it right now, but the point, the, the point being with it, like the, they're, those matches are kind of lost to time in a lot of ways because of how good this mania match is. And I thought one thing that was interesting while we were talking, I was curious about the time on it and it runs around 27 minutes which, you know, it, 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 it feels that way, but it's not bad. It, it feels like it is definitely a longer match. And I was like, man, how much do they give those world title matches? Yeah, I forgot Cena and, and Bradshaw only go about 11 minutes. And, yep. then, and then Triple H and Batista go 21 minutes. So this by far is the longest match of the night. So wait, and, you said it's 27 minutes for this one? Yeah, yeah. So this is 27 minutes, and it felt like it felt... Orton versus Edge was only like 36 minutes and it felt like twice as long. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And that's, that's why sometimes the time thing can be interesting because sometimes it could feel like it was nothing at all. I mean, there are times like the beginning of this match makes it feel like it's 27 minutes by how long they take to get going. But the cool mm-hmm. thing is, is how, how worth it it is. Like they, they, it wasn't like they, they paid it off with something that was not significant to where you're like, Oh, that's it. Oh, man. You know, like that's, and that's what's, you know, it's what I always joke about trilogies. Like, you know, like a lot of times, especially after when a second movie ends on a cliffhanger, it's like, okay, that means you're doubling down for that third movie. So if that third movie is not good, it makes this movie not good too. And that means you've got two out of the three that suck, you know? And that's, what's interesting is like, if, if that opening bit with them doing the, the catch as catch can and all that, if the if the rest of the match just kind of stays on that same level of 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 action or even dips, man, it it feels like it's twice as long. But because it's really a part of this really multi-layered storytelling, it makes it that much more special, even though it can be really frustrating at the time to watch it. That's what I kept grappling with. I was like, this is so frustrating. But by the end of it, I was like, man, they really knew how to work it because they knew how to play you. And just kind of keep you waiting. Just wait and wait. And it's even in the way Sean taps. Like, you're waiting, you're waiting. He's about to do it. Nope, you're going to wait a little bit longer. And then finally, boom, they do it. So it's a really smart match. Yeah, it going end game. You're looking at using end game. So you get the beginning where, oh, we lost, we lost. And then they go and kill Thanos the, the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then you get like an hour of story. And I'm going to get, you know, if you're, you're already invested in it, so you're ready. But when you're sitting there, you're just like, I want the, I want all the, everyone to come back. And they take their time and they build it up. And, and then when it happens, there is, 
it is absolutely worth it. And I'm, I'm not sucking on Endgame. I'm just using that as a good example yeah, of yeah. the, you know, like wrestling fans, you know, this is going, you know, you're knowing you hope it's going to be good. Just like when watching, like, I know, and I hope this is good. I hope they don't mess this up and you get what you want. There's that little bit of build and making you want it more and not giving it to you and making you want it even more. And then finally it comes and it is, it is what you wanted it to be. So last thing I wanted to ask you is how, how often do you revisit this match? Not often. I'm not a, I'm not a, Oh, I'm in the mood to just go back and watch this. I'm really not. Most of the time, if I'm going back and rewatching something that's not for the podcast, it's I'm showing somebody. Um, I, I haven't watched this match in a really long time. I actually hadn't watched it. I don't think I've watched it at all since the network's been around. I pulled it up on YouTube years ago because um, I was at someone's house and we were, they were talking about how fake wrestling was. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I put on the Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon match from King of the Ring. Yeah. And, oh, it. and I was like, okay. And I was like, well, here's the thing. We watched this. Did, did you think that was fake? And they're like, well, I mean, that was probably fake glass and stuff. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. I was like, so you want to watch something that doesn't have fake glass? That still looks great. Okay. And so then I found, I was like, I was like, here's one of my favorite matches out. And we watched Sean versus Kurt from WrestleMania 21. And they were like, Oh, I mean, they, it's still, you know, there's some people you can't tell. And they were just like, well, I was like, yeah, see, that's good. That's, that's what wrestling fans consider good. And this stuff. So, I mean, that has been the last time I saw it and that was pre network. So, I mean, it's been at least since before 2013. So it was great to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun for me, like I said, just because I, I have not seen it very often myself. And, you know, it's it's really cool, especially in the lexicon of 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 Shawn Michaels WrestleMania career. Now, obviously, once the Taker match happens, it all goes to another level. And and I feel like some in some ways, and I'm glad they did that untold on the network, because this match sometimes gets kind of forgotten as well. A little bit like you were saying i think earlier like even though like it is a classic and it was in this cool three three match run of classics that angle had it's definitely had its time where it's been yeah you know a little bit forgotten by people so it's cool to talk about and it's cool to revisit just to see like man you never know like every once in a while there's just something that's really really good and it finds a way to it finds a way to permeate beyond just hardcore wrestling fans or even like you know semi-hardcore wrestling fans it finds a way to grab people like that night sticky fingers and like to where somebody's like i want to see them go again and i don't watch anything else i know nothing about Shawn michaels back i know mm-hmm. nothing about kurt angle being a, a gold medalist and a milk truck or any of that stuff. i don't know any of it but i right. just am, i'm that enthralled i'm that enthralled by it so yeah. i'm glad i'm really glad we did this one just because i knew i when you know when we're all talking about perfect tense i was like i I know this one's got to be this because we had talked about under duress. I was like, I'm, I'm glad that you wanted to do this one so we could finally talk about the match itself. Because I feel like we talked so much about the build five years ago. Now we finally get to pay it off and talk about the the match itself. So, all right. So that wraps us up here for this perfect ten. You can find us on. Uh, on Twitter at New Blood Pod, we're on Facebook New Blood Rising Podcast. I am at William Rinkin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. 
We'll see you all next time. Thank you. Go long-haired guy. Kick out. Kick out, Cactus. Goodbye, my friend. That's a goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, Mick Foley.